Yeah, like Brett said, I'm, I'm Justin. Um, I can hold this. Um, I graduated here in 2004, and this is, this is actually my first time back in the media center, I think, since being in school, so that's kind of weird. Um, but I go to UF. Um, I'm involved in Campus Crusade up there, which is pretty much like the student venture of the college students. Um, and so I do a lot of that. I'm involved with one of our community groups, which is like our Bible studies up there. Um, and I, I have Brett's role on stage up at UF, um, so that's exciting. I get to MC the meetings. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's enough about me. I do want to warn you guys, I have a Twitch, um, and a lot of you guys may have known that if you've seen me speak before. But, and this, I'm, like, I'm, I'm honest, I'm, like, serious, like, this isn't me just kind of trying to crack a joke. Um, but it is kind of funny, so feel free to laugh, because sometimes I'll just randomly kind of go like that. Um, if I get excited about something, or if I get nervous, or if I get, like, um, sometimes it just happens for no reason. It happens a lot of times when I'm driving. Um, my friends have named it the pop and lock, so you guys can feel free to, you know, I was excited when that pop, lock, and drop it song came out. Um, that was kind of, that was my anthem, represent. Um, but so, it actually, like just the other day, I was, I was playing catch with my roommate in our living room, and sure enough, Pop Lock pops in, and he throws the ball back at me and hits me in the face, because I wasn't <laughs> prepared to like catch and twitch at the same time. Um, and it kind of ruins phone conversations sometimes, because when I, I can't like pop in, pop it and talk on the, at the same time, so like I'll be on the phone and trying to talk, and it just kind of kicks in, and the other person's waiting for me to respond, and it can be like awkward silences sometimes. Anyways, um, that's just kind of random stuff. We'll get we'll get going. But I want you guys to feel free to laugh at me if I if I do pull my twitch, um, and I apologize in advance for that. Um, but I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you guys are here, and I think we'll have a good time. Um, hopefully, there's some cool stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, that actually someone kind of spoke on my senior year of high school at a student venture meeting. Uh, they really gave me a lot of perspective on life and just kind of, you know, what, what is my purpose and stuff. Um, so I want to just kind of share some similar thoughts and just some things that I've kind of learned um, throughout the years. Um, but I want you, hope that you guys be able just to, to track with me. We're going to go through a lot of scripture. So follow along um, or don't. Just listen. It might be kind of hard unless you're like the the champion of your Sunday school class of the, what's that called? Like the, yeah, Bible master, yeah, yeah, first drills, whatever. Um, but, but this will be good stuff. And so I wanted to kind of preface this and just kind of throw this out to you guys, this question of why did Christ come? Like what was the purpose of God becoming Christ to live on this earth? Some of you will say um, to save us, to bring lost souls to know Jesus. Is that what you said? I didn't hear what you said. Okay, yeah. Some of you will say that. I don't know, maybe. Some of you guys will say um, he, came to just, he came to forgive us of our sins. Maybe. Some of you, I mean, you don't know much about Jesus. probably like he came to be my homeboy because I got my homeboy shirt on. Or some of you guys are probably just like... Um, I don't know, he, he invented the chair, I think, on Passion of the Christ. I think that's how they portrayed him. But why did, why did Jesus come? What would, what would we not have chairs without him? Like, what was the purpose of Christ coming? Um, and I want, you, I want you to just kind of think about that. 
and we're going to dive into that. Because I think, I'd even go far as to say that the most of us in here do not really understand this reason why. I'd grown up a Christian my whole life and never understood it fully to this extent of what it means, the purpose for which Christ came um, to this earth. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll jump in. God, um, Lord, we come before you, and just thank you for tonight. Father, thank you that you are present here. And Lord, I just pray that, that tonight, just, Father, whatever's going on in this room, Lord, I don't know where these students' hearts are at. I don't know what's going on in their life. But God, you do. Lord, I just pray that right now we may let go of the distractions. Father, we may forget about our homework assignment that we have to do next or having to call our girlfriend or boyfriend or like whatever it is, God. Just that that would, Father, that would fade away right now. Father, you'd come, you'd speak to us. Lord, would you open our hearts to hear from you. God, our minds to be able to understand you. God, would we walk away from this meeting changed having met with you. So God, I just pray for, for all the students here. Lord, would you meet with them in their own way. Father, wherever they're at, and speak to them. Father, reveal yourself to them. Lord, we just give you these things. I just pray that, Father, you use me um, while I'm up here. and um, I just give myself to you right now, God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So we got this question. Why did, why did Christ come? In order to look at that, we're going to go through a real quick overview of the whole Bible. I know that sounds kind of dramatic, um, because it is. But if you guys got your Bible, open up. I didn't get to get verses ahead of time, so I'm sorry um, for those of you that don't have your Bible to follow along on the screen. But if you don't have it, listen up, um, too. And we're going to start out, we're going to look at the beginning. Sorry. Um, we're going to look, let me put this up here so I can flip through my Bible and talk at the same time. There, can you guys hear me? All right, we're going to start out kind of the beginning of the Bible, and we're going to see from the very beginning what was God's purpose and his intention with the world. And we'll see straight off this idea of him revealing himself as a king, okay? You look at... Um, and we'll go through, if you guys need more scripture later, I'll give you more. But I just want you guys to get a hang of this. In Exodus, um, God's coming to his people and he says, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He comes to himself, and you guys will recognize this the more you get in the Bible. He comes to himself and presents himself to, as the Lord their God. The Lord, the king, the ruler of their life. You guys catching that? Um, Leviticus 19.2, kind of the same deal. You got, um, speak to all the king congregation of the people of Israel. Say to them, you should be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. You guys ever caught that? It's not just saying I, God, am holy. I, God, am holy. Or I, your teacher, the God, am holy. Or I, your friend, it's I, the Lord, your God, am holy. So we understand kind of this perspective of this ruler, of this king in the sense of God, right? We got one more, um, in Samuel, 1 Samuel 8, 7, it says this, And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. All right, so you guys tracking with that? I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. We see from the very beginning, God, God's intentionally revealing himself to his people as a Lord and as a king. All right? Um, and so we understand just kind of like, you know, he being, him being the creator, 
him being God exercises kind of this lordship over his people. And then it becomes, it gets more over his people and over creation. And then it gets more narrower in the sense of God beginning to create this kingdom in the Old Testament. Okay? You guys following with me? It's simple, but this is like, this is huge. This is important stuff in understanding, you know, theology, understanding just this whole sense of why Christ came. And so we, we then look and we see in Genesis, um, in 17, 19, God comes to Abraham. He's saying this, and he says, um, God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. All right, and we're going to go on over to Genesis chapter 8, and he, sh- he continues with this, the Lord is saying, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Okay, that's, that's scripture for you guys to understand and see. That's, you know, this is in the Bible. But to kind of put it in, in perspective, so you got God in, from the beginning of time revealing himself as kind of this king and lord. And then he narrows it down to choosing this people group. And he chooses it through Abraham. You guys have heard, you know, the story of Abraham and Isaac, I'm sure, or at least of Abraham. And so Abraham becomes God's chosen person of who he's going to kind of create this kingdom of followers. Like this kingdom of believers, of people that will follow God. People that he um, is going to use then to expand kind of his kingdom throughout the whole world. So that eventually the whole world will come to know God. Does that make sense? And so, that, so this kind of happens, this opens up in the Old Testament. Um, and you see, but if you, if you read through the Old Testament, all of a sudden you see that, that this whole kingdom that was supposed to be created um, through, the, through, through the Israelites, the people of Abraham, rebel. And they begin to, to rebel against God and turn against God. And so it throws everything into this turmoil. And, and we get to the end of the Old Testament. Um, and his people, God's people that he, was, that he had chosen, to, to be this kingdom have rebelled against him and they're lost and they're in oppression. Um, and so we come to the end of the Old Testament and in Malachi it says this. This is what we're left with. Um, starting chapter 4 it says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. And so we're left with that prophecy. I want you guys to hear it, and that's a prophecy of hope. And it says, But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Like, picture that. Do you guys want to go out leaping like calves from the stall? Um, probably not. Like, that's, I don't think you guys imagine that. But kind of an Old Testament time, that was like, that was excitement. That was like, that was their interpretation of freedom. Um, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. And so that's a quick overview For what? Say that again. Like with the reason we, we, we back was to weed out what we're 
this sense. We'll get to that. That's good. You're, you're tracking. You're tracking with it. So you got. So you got this. You see it through the Old Testament this whole this whole idea of God trying to establish this kingdom, and you see a rebellious people, and you come to the end of this prophecy in Malachi that offers hope, and that offers that this one day you know God's kingdom will reign, and you're gonna leap out like calves from the stall, um, and and go out and join peace, but then all of a sudden. If you guys don't know the Bible, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and it ends there. And it's silent. For 300 years, people are left without direction, without anything. Thinking, you know, they understood God was going to do all this stuff, and all this stuff was going to happen. But all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of ends, and there's silence. So we got to understand that. I guys want you, want you guys to see that in terms of, um, I'm just kind of tripping over everything up here, but that's all right. In terms of the Old Testament, how that plays in to the New Testament, because that's key, and I don't think we hear that or understand that a lot. All right. So then what happens in the New Testament? We got starting in Matthew. I can find my bookmark. Okay. So after this 300 years of silence, starting Matthew, Jesus comes on the scene and says this. Um. That's my wrong Matthew verse. Suspense. Um, okay, so some of the first words ever recorded by Jesus. If you guys know kind of the story of Jesus, you know, he starts out um, as a little boy, and he kind of grows up as a carpenter. Um, and then kind of like around his 30s or so, he kind of appears on the scene um, and begins kind of his ministry and begins all of, you know, the controversial stuff that happens, the stuff that we hear about that's taught in Sunday school and in church. Um, but it shows up after he goes through the desert of his trial of temptation. He comes onto the scene and says this in uh, chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, that same verse is recorded in Mark, and it says this. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, I think whenever I read that verse, I'd always see the time is fulfilled, repent and believe in the gospel. I never understood what, what the heck is in the kingdom of God is at hand. You guys ever thought of that? Have you ever questioned that? And I think that's kind of the perspective we have when we kind of see, um, we look at Christ's life and we focus on the cross and we see his death and his resurrection as a way for us to know him um, and to be saved of our sins. And that's Christianity, right? That's the gospel, that we may be rescued um, from eternity in hell and know Christ and spend eternity with God. But if we look at that in context of the Old Testament, there's so much more to it that we're missing out on. You know, Jesus comes on the scene. He doesn't say, repent and believe so that you can have eternity with me. He says that later, but he doesn't say, that's not his initial thing. He doesn't, he doesn't say, you know, repent so that your sins may be forgiven. That happens, it hasn't happened yet. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so to see that, that God had this bigger picture in mind, and many of them understood it, you know, that the scholars that studied the Old Testament began to see and understand, okay, this, 
this kingdom that we've been expecting for ages. You know, who is this guy that's all of a sudden coming on the scene and saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Um, and so I want you guys to catch that and kind of get that. I know it's, it's elementary. It's just kind of like, okay, what or why? Um, but to realize we are living in a reality, in a time, in a physical, literal kingdom that is here on this earth that is of God. And he is, um, it was started from the beginning of time, but it's, it's in its last stages. And Christ came to kind of inaugurate this last stage of the kingdom and kind of open the doors wide for, for anyone and for everyone to come and enter his kingdom. To where it's not only limited to his people, the Israelites, but it's been given now to anyone and everyone to come in. And so he's got this picture of, of God is at work to build his kingdom. Christ came to build the kingdom of God, not, not just to, to save souls, not just to rescue people from, from eternal damnation. And so, and so our perspective, um, let me read one more verse here and we'll get more into discussion. Um, In uh, Matthew 24, 14, it says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so we're living, we're breathing, we're interacting, and we're taken in within this like living organism of this kingdom. We're a part of, of this church, this body of Christ that is growing and that is moving and is becoming bigger and bigger, which is God's kingdom expanding. And so we move forward understanding that we are in, we are in these final stages. We are in what um, theologians would call like the continuation uh, of his kingdom. And so we live in, in this hope and this reality of, of one day seeing, of we're gradually seeing the kingdom of heaven come to earth in a sense. You guys see that? You know, Jesus taught his followers to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so right now, we're experiencing, we're in this time where what is going to be, what is to be, what is going to be the kingdom of heaven, that perfection, that reality of the presence of God dwelling with us, that reality of, of no pain, no sorrow, no heartbreak, no emotional anguish, nothing. Like all of that is going to be wiped away and we're going to live and dwell in eternity in peace and happiness and joy and perfection. Like that that is creating itself at this time. And that the fullness of it, the consummation of it, it says here, is going to come in the end when Christ returns. But to understand that, that we are a part of this right now and we are building this kingdom, and we are interacting in it. Um, and so that's that. That was a quick um, go through of the Bible. I know it's kind of it quick and boring, but go back through and read those verses. But I wanted to back that up so you guys can understand that. So, then, so why? Why do we understand this? What does that look like in the here and now? What does that mean for our lives for right now? I want you guys to think about it this way. Um, how many of you all play sports? I always love sports analogies. Okay, a good, a good amount. Okay, so pretend like, say you, you play football, all right, and you're just, you're an awesome athlete. You're a stud athlete. You got, you got quite the arm throwing the ball. I mean, you can catch anything that comes at you. Um, you're really good at hot potato. You can catch the ball quick. You can, um, like, you can lay out. You got, like, there's no tomorrow. Like, 
CJ on that on that one clip. I think it was was that no, who was that? That was Taylor. Yeah, that's who it was. Um, and she so got all this skill and talent. All right. And so your football coach, you know, comes to you and is like, Hey, I'm putting together this team that I want to be the best team ever. And this team, we are we are about winning and we're about victory. We're gonna win the state title this year. Okay. But you, you, all you hear is, hey, I want you to be on the team and play. And she's so like, all right, sweet, I'm coming in. And so you go into this football game, and you're just going at it. You know, you're running your routes. You're doing whatever you need. Coach even puts you in as quarterback, and, you know, you throw a few passes, um, and your team loses. But you're just still like, oh, yeah, you know, I got to play. I got to do my job. I got to do my thing. Then the next game comes, and you end up running a touchdown in for the other team because you're just out there having fun. I mean, you know, all you were told to do is score touchdowns. Um, and, so, and so you begin doing this, and your focus is just on this, this joy and this like, kind of like, I get, to get the, I get to play football. Like, I don't care how or what. I'm, I'm playing. I'm running my routes. I'm doing my thing. Um, and and you, all of a sudden, just your coach pulls you aside, and Reese says, you know, you're missing the big picture. He's like, we're here to win games, and we're here to win a state championship. And so all of a sudden it clicks that, okay, this doesn't make sense for me to just go out and do my thing if the rest of my team is not performing. Or if the rest of my team, you know, if we're not on the same page, you know, how are we going to win games? The point, the point is not that we just go out and play football and run our routes and do whatever. The point is that, that, we, can, that we can win games, that we can compete and play against this team. You guys kind of get that? You get the difference between the two? Um, we're kind of like, pretend like, it's kind of like this too. Think, think about if you, were, if you were talking to someone about food, you're trying to explain it to them. And you hit on all the points of how it's tasty, how it's good, how it's, um, you know, gonna, it's sweet, it's, it's delicious, and all this, and you fail to tell them that it fills you up. Like, isn't that the point of food, that, it, that it, it fills you up and you no longer need any more food? You know, I mean, yeah, it tastes good. It's good and it's delicious. It's sweet. It's, you know, but if you don't understand that it fills you up, like you miss out on the big picture. And so I want you guys to kind of, we kind of got to wrap things up here. But to realize that and think of that, I think our Christianity is very much the same way. And a lot of us are just kind of living our life. Some of us are living our life in the sense that, Okay, like I can be saved of my sins. Great. And now I'm just going to go and I'm going to throw my life away in drugs and drinking and, and partying and because who cares, I've been saved of my sins. Or some of you guys are like, you know, I've been freed. Sweet, thanks, God, you know, praise you. And now I'm just going to go and kind of do my own thing. Um, I want you guys to catch and kind of see kind of that the big picture with this, that we have, there's a bigger picture at hand than just us being rescued of our sins, that us being given freedom. There's a bigger picture than um, us just having been given grace. There's a picture that all of this interacts together to kind of play the game so that, that, so that God's kingdom may advance and God's kingdom may be expanded. You guys see that? Um,
want to read this to you guys. It says this, In the same way, it's important that we understand that Christ came to inaugurate his kingdom so he may build for himself a people that is devoted, sanctified, and representation of himself. Through this, we have been given grace so that our shortcomings would no longer separate us from him. We were given courage so that we would no longer have to live in fear and timidity. We've been given love so we may feel accepted and able to love others. We've been given freedom so that we may no longer have to live in condemnation and guilt. We've given a new life so that we may commune with the living God. We've been freed from the curse of this world, all for the sake of the building of the kingdom of God. Um, And so that's kind of the challenge, is learning to live kind of in light of this kingdom. I want you guys to think about this. What does it mean for me to live with this mindset? And understanding, okay, there's a bigger picture at hand. There's this kingdom of God that is at hand that needs to be advancing, that is growing and is expanding so that one day, you know, Christ may come and reign and rule in it. What does that look like in my life, you know? Like, what does it look like for me to be more than a Christian and to be a laborer in the kingdom? What does it look like, you know, when I'm in school, when I'm in class, when I'm studying? What does that look like to be studying with the reality that the kingdom of God is at hand and that it's growing and that it's expanding? How does this affect, how does this kind of change our life and our perspective? Um, and so, I don't know, that's kind of, I just want to share with you guys, and that's just kind of been a question I've been asking myself and really trying to look at. Like, what does this mean? Am I going to live like, like the reality that there's a kingdom at hand? Or am I just going to live as a Christian that's been rescued and saved from their sins and just kind of go in my own way and just kind of go to church, you know, raise a good family, send them to church, you know? Or am I going to live in the reality that I can play and I can take part in the kingdom of God come to this earth? That I can share it with other people, that I can invite others to come in and join in this kingdom to tell people of, you know, the reality of this, that, that what I would do would affect that. And so um, a, a few just kind of things I've been thinking about, that, like me and some of my buddies up at um, UF have kind of been looking at, is like, what does that look like in our everyday life? When we go and we, we play intramurals, like when we're playing football, like how, how can we tie that in with really seeing the kingdom of God come to this earth? Um, and so we talked about it and we just saw, you know, we talked about, hey, our, our job as we play football is not necessarily to go out and, you know, get our intramural championship shirts. Our job is to be, to be Christ these people. And so we open up our time in prayer, and we end in prayer. We invite the other team to come. Hey, you guys want to pray with us? Because we realize that there's more going on in this world than just this game, that the kingdom of God is at hand. Does that make sense to you guys? Or um, with, with, with my roommates, I've been thinking about, you know, like how can, how can I make my relationship with my roommates so much more than just hanging out and goofing off together? You know, do I live with my roommates like, like the kingdom of God is at hand? Um, and so we begin to be a lot more real with each other and be a lot more, hey, like, like what is going on in your life? How are you doing? Like how, um, how are things going in the sense of, of you really investing your life for the kingdom of God? What does that look like in your work, in your job? Like one of the questions I've been asking myself is, I'm getting ready to graduate in a couple of years. What the heck am I going to do with my life? And, and, and so I've been kind of given direction and guidance of like, you know, I've been looking at what is the most effective place that I could be to have an influence on people. Is that going to be for me to go and become, you know, a part of a business to go into the kind of industrial area? Or is that going to be for me to, to join staff with Student Venture and speak to high school students? Or is that, you know, what does that mean? What does that look like? But to begin to question and think with the reality of the kingdom of God is at hand.
Um, what does it mean to kind of goof around like the kingdom of God is at hand? You know, like I don't think, I just, just kind of end like this. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know, everything just needs to become serious and we start thinking, you know, oh, how am I going to do this for the kingdom of God? How am I going to walk these next couple steps, you know, in reality of the kingdom of God? How am I going to drive home, you know, knowing that the kingdom of God is at hand and Christ is going to return soon? No, to, to, to think about that and realize that, but to enjoy goofing around too. We, um, we have fun. Like we, I've, I have an apartment complex. Um, there are about 40 of us friends that live there. Um, so there's always stuff going on. And we have a great, it's awesome because there's a great community. Um, and we see, you know, it's kind of like in our apartment complex, it's like a miniature kingdom of God in a sense of all these believers and, and these Christians living and, and serving together um, and being a light on our campus in a sense. But for us to be able to kind of be healthy and, and be all right, you know, in our life, our relationships, we got to goof around sometimes. We got to be lighthearted. And um, so I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, I'm saying to really think and, and look in the reality of this kingdom of God and, and what do you do? What are you doing because of that? Um, and so I just kind of leave you guys with that. Um, CJ's been giving me the five, and that was like five minutes ago. Um, so, um, um, but yeah, I want you guys to kind of think about those questions. I know we really rushed through a lot of this. Um, if you want to talk about any of it afterwards, um, that's fine. But let me, let me just close us in prayer, um, and we'll be done. Father, we, um, come before you, and Lord, just thank you for tonight. God, I do just, Father, I pray that this understanding of your kingdom, Father, would really would dig rich within us, Father, that it would, um, oh, that we would, that we would be troubled with this, with this idea and this thought of, of how am I living when I know that, that, that your kingdom is at hand, when I know that it is growing and that it is expanding, Father, and that, is, that, is being, that it is being purified and made holy and sanctified, Father, so that you may come and reign and rule over us one day in perfection. God, I pray that, that you give us a mindset like that, a heart and understanding to see um, to see life through those lenses. God, of seeing you as the end. God, I, I thank you for, for your salvation you've given us. Lord, I thank you for sending Christ, Father, to free us, to give us joy, to give us peace, God, to give us satisfaction, to to give us freedom, but Lord, help us realize that those are not an end in themselves, but Father, that those are medians by which we may live and interact in this world, and Father, by which we may see your kingdom expand and grow. And um, So I just pray that you would you'd help us to be a part of that. Um, God, just that you would reveal yourself to us just in a way that um, that is rich. Father, we may know you, and we may come to love you above all else. Um, and so, Lord, we give this to you. We just, we praise you. Um, we give all these things in Christ's name. Amen.